Welcome in to another episode of the Cali Green Monster Show. I am your host, Dean Ryan, coming to you here from the Tesla Studios in beautiful, sunny San Diego, California. It is Wednesday, April 7th, 2021. Hump day! We got some good blood sport tonight on TNT. It's not UFC, so it's not boxing, but it's actually it's 1FC Championship. There's a couple pretty dope fights headlined by Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson trying to vie for the flyweight championship or 1FC against Adriano Marias. So that's going to be a dope fight. There's also a couple other big fights on the card. We got Eddie Alvarez on there. We got Rug Rug, heavyweight sensation from Senegal. And we got Rod Tang. I'm not going to say his last name. It's something Thai. And I'm just a white dude that really has uh, <laughs> no business pronunciating long Thai names. But, you know, Rod Tang, I think if you just type that in on YouTube, a lot of dope ass Muay Thai videos are going to pop up. But before I talk about that, I just have to bring up our old buddy Dusty Baker manager for the Houston Astros. You know, I'm going to preface this by saying I respect you know, Dusty Baker, he's been a manager for a long time. I, you know, I've, when I first heard about Dusty Baker is when he was the manager for the San Francisco Giants when they he, he took them to the World Series, eventually lost to the Los Angeles Angels. Well, at the time, it was the Anaheim Angels. And I'll always remember his son. You know, he was a little – he was a bat boy. Maybe he was like four or five years old. And I forgot who had to scoop him up because he went to go pick up the plate. Well, so, there was a play at the plate, and the kid almost got ran over. But – the reason why I want to talk about Dusty Baker is he's the, you know, manager of the Houston Astros. And, you know, for those of you, I don't think if anyone's a baseball fan, you're definitely not going to forget. And especially if you're a Dodger fan. But the Houston Astros were are basically infamous over these past few years because when it was found out when they won their World Series against the Los Angeles Dodgers back in 2017, I believe, it was found out that they were you know, there was cameras in the outfield and they were banging on trash cans to give out like the pitcher signs. So, you know, it, it basically through investigation with the league, the commissioner even gave amnesty to the Houston Astros players. So, you know, it's like basically to rat and kind of tell everything that happened and they wouldn't get in trouble. So a lot of the Houston Astros players like Alex Bregman and Jose Altuve and Carlos Correa, they've basically been villains. And, you know, 2020 was supposed to be kind of like their penance, you know, where they were going to get booed. And luckily for them, you know, I think if there was any silver linings for COVID-19 for at least the Houston Astros was that they didn't have to face the wrath of the of the public, you know, no crowds. So that meant no booing. And I think maybe a lot of, you know, some people might have speculated that the, the public would have forgotten about Houston being a bunch of fucking scumbag cheaters, but no, they definitely haven't. You, you know, we've heard in spring training that there was security guards who were banging on trash cans during people's at bats. And over their last game, there was crowd that threw, you know, they threw an inflatable trash can, and then I think they threw a real trash can on the crowd or onto the field. So, you know, Houston has not been getting any mercy from the public. And Dusty Baker, you know, he, came out with some comments that were just like completely off base and I feel like he must be living on another planet or just be 
completely out of touch with the modern sports fan or just baseball fan in general. You know, he was saying just like, oh, like how many people here have never cheated on a test? And, you know, we shouldn't be living in glass houses if like, you know, we've all done bad things. And this is a sad situation in America when we're seeing, you know, not only just adults, but, you know, children who are seeing their parents do this and now they're doing it. And, you know, my team has been punished and it's like dusty like you're the manager for a sports team in a sport where the all-time hit king is banned from baseball not even allowed in the hall of fame because he was found gambling on his own sport on his own team to win so not even found to gambling or throwing games he's been punished for you know well over three decades at this point and Meanwhile, the Houston Astros were literally proven to have cheated to win the ultimate prize, you know, the World Series. And like like so they cheated to win games and gain an advantage. And they've had no punishment. There was no suspensions, there was no fat fines. It's like sure, I think like the, you know, the president or the GM you know, got fired and the coach got fired and anyone associated with that got fired, but the players were completely fine. They didn't get nothing like, you know, with the the Chicago Black Sox scandal where, you know, one of the big gambling controversies back in the, I think it was like 1919 World Series where, you know, those players all got banned, like Shoeless Joe Jackson, banned from baseball. Nothing happened to Bregman or Altuve or Correa or any of those guys. And they were known cheaters. And, Dusty Baker is out here being like, okay, like public, just completely forgive him. I feel like it was completely off base comment. It reminded me of, uh, you know, Commissioner Manfred when he was basically saying that the the World Series trophy is just a hunk of metal. And it's like, dude, that's the ultimate prize in your sport. I could never imagine like Gary Bettman for the NHL calling the the Stanley Cup just a big chunk of metal. It's like, well, what the fuck is the point that these guys are showing up and playing 162 games in the regular season or playing in October? Or why the fuck are we spending time and money watching this sport? So it's like, Dusty Baker, get your head out of your ass. Realize that we're going to give the Houston Astros shit the entire time. I think Houston, like anytime Houston comes to town, those tickets are going to be a little extra expensive because anyone that, you know, respects baseball or enjoys baseball or respects sport thinks that the Houston Astros are scumbags and I think there's they've definitely been the ultimate villain in not just baseball but sport American sports over the past couple years and they fucking deserve it you know if they're not going to get punished by the the commission then they can get punished by you know getting booed and having trash cans thrown on the field so Dusty just you know zip it and let us talk some shit to your team all right, like I mentioned at the beginning, there is some blood sport tonight, some MMA, and so it's not UFC. I was like, I'm not going to call it UFC. It's actual MMA and some actual Muay Thai kickboxing, if I believe correctly. So it's going to be on TNT and Bleacher Report tonight. It's 1FC on TNT. So what is 1FC? 1FC is the fighting promotion that's based out of Singapore. It's Asia's biggest MMA promotion. And it's making its American debut tonight on TNT. I think the broadcast team is going to be consistent of, I think it's Michael Chavello, the good night, Irene. You know, him from, you know, I think Pride and Boss Rutten days. I think that he did that. I could be mistaken, but I know he for sure does a lot of the Japanese cards and like the New Year's Dynamite specials. So he should be one of the announcers. I think 
UFC veteran, former UFC middleweight champion, Rich Franklin. I think he does some commentating for 1FC, so I think that those guys might be the ones in the booth, but I'm not 100% sure. I kept looking up to see who's the broadcast team for 1FC on TNT, and I couldn't get anything on it. So, I mean, I think it's going to be Michael Chavello, which if it is, that's always a treat. He's one of my favorite MMA, you know, broadcasters. So, you know, probably second favorite only to, you know, Joe Rogan. So, yeah. So tonight, the main card, it's going to be headlined by Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. He, you know, every if you're an MMA fan or a UFC fan, Mighty Mouse Johnson is one of, you know, He's super well-known. A lot of people consider him one of the best pound-for-pound fighters, one of the best pound-for-pound fighters of all time. He was the inaugural flyweight champion, so the 125-pound champion at the UFC, and he was completely dominant and undefeated until he left the division when he lost to um, Henry Cejudo. So he's, you know, he's an amazing, like, complete well-rounded MMA fighter he has excellent wrestling uh, excellent jiu-jitsu you know go look up the highlight of his flying armbar submission it's one of the most you know it was one of the best bet one of the most amazing submissions you'd ever seen especially considering that it was in a UFC title fight you know him coming to 1FC was a huge deal back when it did happen I think it happened in November of or October of 2018 and when it did happen it wasn't just a a simple case of Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson being a free agent and going there the UFC actually traded Demetrius Johnson to 1FC to bring in Ben Askren and that's the same Ben Askren who's going to be having a boxing match with Jake Paul later this month you know Ben Askren was considered the best welterweight and probably the best MMA person outside of the UFC for the longest time. Meanwhile, Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, while being the most dominant champion in the UFC, he wasn't considered a big draw, and many people felt like the UFC weren't giving him the amount of respect or amount the amount of promotional time and dollars that he, you know, that his MMA accolades have really, you know, deserved. So they made the trade. They sent Demetrius Johnson to 1FC, where they have arguably the most talented flyweight division in the world. And where, you know, 1FC, it's it's not as much of a spectacle with, you know, they don't have like the Conor McGregor's and people that talk themselves into title shots. They actually have to earn their title shots. And it's more based around the sport and the competition. And it's proven fact that, you know, Mighty Mouse Johnson didn't just get an immediate title shot, even though he's arguably considered the best flyweight in the entire world he had to enter their flyweight championship or their tournament it was an eight-man tournament so he had to you know win three matches just to be able to get this title shot and it's also worth noting that in 1fc their weight classes are basically like one weight class more than the ufc so like flyweight is 125 pounds in UFC, but in 1FC, it's 135. So Demetrius Johnson's actually fighting dudes that are a little bit bigger, a little bit lankier, and, you know, has, has proven to give him some pretty tough and competitive, you know, bouts. You know, in the first round matchup, he had, you know, really no problem, and he finished his guy in, I think, a second round submission. 
But in his second fight, it was actually, you know, he really had to step up his game and bring his A-plus Demetrius Johnson and face some adversity. The guy he was fighting had taken his back and had a body triangle for a while. And Mighty Mouse mentioned that he tore his cartilage and his rib just even trying to get out of that body triangle. So, you know, he showed resiliency, got out of that semifinal, and he ended up winning the tournament. So, you know, this was definitely a well-earned title shot. And 1FC... You know, they've definitely got one of the best pound for pound guys. And he's going to be going up against Adriana Marias. He's someone that's been in 1FC, I think, since 2013. He's a three time flyweight champion. So he's definitely one of the most decorated flyweights, you know, outside of the UFC. And this is one that a lot of MMA journalists and hardcore MMA fans have been looking forward to. They were booked to fight back, I think, in April, but due to COVID. That didn't happen. So, you know, Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson hasn't fought, you know, he didn't fight all of 2020. But the same can be said for Marias. And he actually hasn't fought in a long time. He hasn't fought since January of 2019. So this is going to be over two years since he's actually stepped foot in the cage in any, you know, actually official competitive manner. But I don't know if that's going to necessarily mean ring rust. He's from all accounts or everything that I've read. He's been healthy this entire time, and he trains out of American Top Team. So American Top Team, that's where, you know, Jorge Masvidal and a lot of the best MMA fighters in the country train out of. So he's been getting top-notch training. And, you know, Jorge Masvidal, in one of the videos I saw, he was saying that, you know, this guy's a completely different fighter since the last time we saw him over two years ago, that he's learned so much and, you know, be prepared for one of the biggest upsets in recent MMA, you know, because I think a lot of people are picking Mighty Mouse. I'm picking Mighty Mouse. I think Mighty Mouse is the mo- one of the most well-rounded MMA fighters that you can see. And, you know, him getting beat by Henry Cejudo. Henry Cejudo is an Olympic gold medalist and two division champion in the UFC. So he's one of the greatest of all time. So that's no, you know, no knock to lose against a guy like that. So, you know, it's one of those things that until I see mighty mouse get, you know, dominated again or get beat, I'm going to go with him. So Mariah's he's, you know, excellent jujitsu, you know, he's got good Muay Thai, but I don't think it's going to be enough to be able to beat uh, mighty mouse. In the co-main event, we've got the underground king, Eddie Alvarez. He's a former UFC champion, former Bellator champion, former Bodog Fights champion. So he's someone that's well-traveled. He's been fighting professionally since 2003. That's one of the reasons why they call him the underdog champion, because he was dominating all the promotions that weren't the UFC for the longest time. You know, he made his mark when he did come into the UFC, fought all of the best lightweights ended up winning the title, you know, lost it to Conor McGregor, but he had a couple really good fights with Dustin Poirier and Justin Gaethje before he left. And, you know, Eddie Alvarez, one of the best of all time, one of the best lightweights of all time. He's always an exciting fight. If you go back and watch some of his fights with Michael Chandler and Bellator, those are some of the best fights at 155 you'll ever see. So it was definitely a big acquisition for one FC to be able to land land someone the caliber of Eddie Alvarez and you know so because I think it's like they got Eddie Alvarez around the same time that they brought in Mighty Mouse Johnson and I think Sage Northcutt but you know Sage Northcutt doesn't even deserve to be in the same sentence as Eddie Alvarez and Mighty Mouse so let's just pretend I didn't even mention his name 
So Eddie Alvarez, he's one and one in one FC. So even though he has a lot of accolades outside the UFC and a lot of people assume that he was going to come into the promotion and completely dominate, that wasn't necessarily the case. He got like, it was a pretty nasty TKO in his debut. He fought this Russian dude and you know he didn't even make it out of the first round he responded well in his second fight got a pretty quick stoppage so you know we haven't seen much of Eddie Alvarez in 1FC and he's got a tough one he's got he's fighting this guy Yuri Lapicus and that guy is 14 and 1 he's coming off a loss but you know he's pretty good you know he, he like I watched uh his I didn't watch his his most recent fight which was a loss but I watched his fight that was before that and you know he seems like you know, he's lanky. He seems like he's a good grappler. And, you know, like I had mentioned, in 1FC, the weight classes are a little higher. So Eddie Alvarez, you know, he's a lightweight and he's used to fighting 155 pounds. But for this fight, you know, and in 1FC, he fights at 170. So, you know, he's Eddie Alvarez is older now. He's like 37 years old and he's fighting bigger people. And I'm not sure he's going to be able to have enough to be able to beat this guy. He obviously has the experience, but, you know, he's fighting a dude that's 12 years younger than he is, who's a little bit bigger. And I don't know if Eddie Alvarez is going to be able to do it. If I have to pick it, I'm going to go with the Lapicus guy. You know, I think he's going to, you know, even be able to maybe submit him. So we'll see how that works out. Kind of a bold prediction over a guy that I haven't really, I don't even know if I'm properly pronouncing his name, but we'll see. And then in the the last like main card bout or like it's probably I think the debut or the the opening bout on the main card. So I think t- the the main card on TNT is three fights, and then the prelims are before that on Bleacher Report. So the opening main card bout, I think it's a Muay Thai bout. And the thing in the 1FC, when they do their Muay Thai, they're not using the big Muay Thai gloves. They're using the MMA gloves. So it's almost reminiscent to boxing. But it's basically like MMA stand-up with no takedowns. And that's, I don't know about you, but that just makes for exciting, you know, combat sport. So who they got is this guy that, I don't, like I said, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. His first name's Rod Tang, and his last name is like Jit Muang Rang. So, ugh. it sounded even worse coming out of my mouth than when, like, I was trying to pronounce it in my head. But we're going to call him just Rod Tang. If you look him up on YouTube, if you follow any, like, like street fights or MMA pages or kickboxing pages, Rod Tang videos pop up all the time. He's an amazing kickboxer. He's a tough as shit kickboxer. He's just super aggressive. And there's a reason why they're putting him on the card for the debut in the U.S. It's like if they want to be able to bring in an audience to be able to keep ordering 1FC fights, this Rod Tang guy seems to fit the bill. He's going to be fighting a guy named Daniel Williams. So... I'm looking forward to that. I'm definitely going to make sure I'm tuning in. So the main card starts at 7 p.m. Pacific time, 10 p.m. Eastern time. So make sure to check that out. And they have some prelim fights at 5.30 on Bleacher Report. And the main one that I think that's worth checking out, like from everything I've read, is that there's this heavyweight sensation called Umar Rug Rug Kane. 
He's from Senegal, and he's 2-0 and right now. But I guess he is like a champion at Senegal Wrestling. I forget what it's called. There's a specific name, but he's like undefeated in Senegal Wrestling. And then he moved to MMA. And after, you know, dominating his debut, he got signed to 1FC. And, you know, he showed off his wrestling by, you know, in a, in a, in a first-round TKO by taking down his opponent and just ground and pounding them out. You know, this guy is, like, jacked as F. Like, you know, it's just another big jacked-up African guy. Like, kind of like Francis Ngannou, who's the heavyweight champion of the UFC. He's just huge and just, like, naturally chiseled. I think they said before his first Miocic fight, he had never even lifted weights. He was just, like, naturally just jacked as fuck. And this rug-rug guy just, like, is another specimen of that type just completely jacked and whereas francis has scary knockout power like i think his his original martial art was boxing this guy has amazing grappling you know his since his base is like a wrestling grappling base which is you know it's it's pretty interesting like i would love to be able to see those two eventually you know mix it up eventually obviously this rug rug guy is still you know pretty raw talent he's only two and oh but i mean i'm definitely going to be tuning in tuning in i think the like only other heavyweight i've ever tuned in to you know watch it you know like maybe with one or two professional fights is brock lesnar so yeah i think that's worth checking out i think those four fights are worth checking out and yeah maybe i'll, I'll talk about not maybe i will talk about it on tomorrow's show but until tomorrow's show i've been your host dean ryan coming to you from the tesla studios here in beautiful sunny san diego california have a great one guys peace <laughs>